Talking rugby, telling stories, rugby pick. Welcome, welcome, folks, to Rugby Pickle. Happy to have Barry Herbert back in the studio in his own studio. Barry, how are you? Good, Brendan. Thanks, man. It's good to be back. World Cup, World Cup, World Cup. When we last spoke with Harpo, we were in the prelim rounds. Harpo was making bold claims that uh, Scotland was going through and not to be worried about the Japanese, but Barry, my, my. A little round of applause for Japan. I mean, what a heartfelt story. Terrific, you know, and um, the Japanese public have really gone for it. You know, this is a beyond just a nice feel-good story. This is actually a very big story because the Japanese public have gone for this uh, in a big way. Uh, apparently, television audiences have been through the roof in Japan. Um, the whole country is just going nuts for rugby right now, and uh, it's going to be huge for the game in that market. The Japanese team, uh, their performance throughout this World Cup has been unbelievable. They've taken, they've taken out two Tier 1 nations back-to-back just about. We believed in Japan when Harpo didn't. Uh, oh, know, totally. Every yeah. show needs a grump. Um, but we, we proved to be right. Uh, they outclassed Scotland yeah. um, in that final game. And, yeah. you know, the only reason I'm mad at Japan right now is everybody's on the U.S. How can you possibly not develop like Japan does? We used to be beating them back well, in the 80s and 90s. God damn it, Japan, you're really putting us under fire here. Sadly, our Eagles go 0-4. No big deal. Uh, we played harder. We fought, Barry. Can we, can we, can we give us that? Um... Yeah, we did fight. We did. We did fight hard. I, I, it, it's gonna. It's a tough assessment um, of the Eagles' performance in the World Cup. Uh, unfortunately, we were hoping that we'd get a little bit more competitive than that. So disappointing on on all fronts. But the good news is, and we have to look at the positives, is that we do have a system to fall back on after this World Cup that we probably didn't have before the oh, last yeah. one. In year three, nonetheless. And which... going into year three with expansion teams, um, and I think people need to get behind Major League Rugby in a big way. Uh, it's going to take a few years for Major League Rugby, the standard of Major League Rugby, to start producing you know, top-class international athletes. But How that, dare that, you? That's it's already be... world-class. Well, that, I think, <laughs> was part of the problem with the U.S. team is that we didn't have enough world-class players there. And, and it's, it's, it's a hard reality to, to stomach, but we got found out against the big boys. Um, and, our, uh, you know, we, need to, we have fantastic athletes in, the, in this country. And, um, and you know, we can, we can probably get a, a hell of a good team together in the next four years well, if, we, if we get, our, if we get our, our shit together. As an Eagle fan, 2023, bring it on. We're still waiting for oh, yeah. that World Cup win. I think the last one we got was in New Zealand uh, in 2011 um, under Paul Emmerich's leadership. But, Barry, there are good times ahead for USA Rugby. There's a term that Martin Pangeli used in his write-up and recap of our tournament, and it was encourageable optimism. I still have it. I still have the USA Eagle bug. I'll always be an Eagle fan. Uh, but yeah, it's tough to take wins out of 0-4. Nonetheless, let's move on to the good stuff in the World Cup. Quarterfinals start off with England, Australia. Now you, Harpo, and I predicted the quarterfinals, you know, after three rounds, but yeah. we said that this quarterfinal was gonna happen. It ended up happening. And I bet the house that Australia would upset England. I think it's just be I'll throw my hand up here and just say I read this one wrong. I think in my heart, I just want to see a classic English collapse. Uh, but I think I rated the Wallabies a bit high. And we saw their true colors 
uh, as they made dumb mistakes to give England an early lead and England never turned back, especially after Cheka's little halftime rant. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a it was a very convincing performance from from England, um, and Australia have tried their very best with what they've had uh, going into this tournament, and they've really tried to play a high tempo, exciting, and very attacking style of rugby. Uh, and unfortunately, it's misfired for them a few times in the tournament; it hasn't cost them. But they misfired with that deep attacking game twice. You saw Polcock uh, try to push uh, it on. Th- there was one for Johnny May. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, the, and then Kirkley Beale, I think it was, threw that hallelujah ball over the top, and it was just, oh dear. Yeah. So, you know, great that they had the attacking mindset, but they probably needed to be a bit, a bit smarter about how they took on a team like England, and they, 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 they basically lost the game through their own ill discipline. Yeah. And uh, as you see in NFL seasons, what we call Black Monday, when all the coaches either quit or get fired right after the season, Cheka stepped down the day after the game. Yeah, he was he was really on his way out, and we've seen some very interesting behavior from Michael Cheka over the last few weeks. Um, you know, if, uh, love him or hate him, you know, we, we will probably miss some of the controversies uh, that came with Cheka and the headlines that he got, but... You know, I don't think... He, I also, also, to give him credit, I think he coached Australia during a particularly difficult time for the sport in Australia. Yeah, was, it's, it's down was, as far as attendance yeah, and exactly. numbers. Yeah, and, exactly. And I think he stuck with the, he stuck with the team. I mean, I, I, I thought he would be gone probably four or five times. This guy's had many, many chances to get him right. But I think you know, Rugby, Rugby Australia also understood that they were in decline. Um, and the changing of the guard every year oh, or two is not going to, it could actually further exasperate the situation. So he's done a holding job for Australia. I don't think they're any better or any worse than when he started. Um, but he's certainly given us a few laughs along the way. He's one of Rugby Peckham's favorite interviews. <laughs> Georgina, I swear to God. How well do you know me, Georgina? Yeah, just loves to go off on reporters. And uh, yeah, apparently he went off at halftime. Go look up the audio. <laughs> so England moves on in a convincing way. Uh, the next game that night would be the All Blacks against Ireland. And Barry, the All Blacks, took care of business. Oh Our my. favorite Matt McCarthy uh, said, does, does Ireland have a chance here? The answer was no. Um, <laughs> from right in the beginning, not surprising here, we did see potentially the death of a star. I don't know you astrology fans out there, but a supernova may have happened in the form of Johnny Sexton. Uh, An Irish star took on the reins after O'Driscoll was retiring, really came into himself. He died that night, Barry, in my eyes, because he played 60 minutes and put up a goose egg on offense against a pretty good New Zealand team. Uh, He's not the first one to have a bad game against New Zealand. So, no, don't write him off just yet. (laughs) Um, We've had plenty of guys that have been made to look second-rate against what is a a, a runaway train right now. Um, They were ruthless with Ireland, absolutely ruthless. With With an Irish team that has been a little bit... Under the Kosh hasn't played really well at all. They've been a bit disjointed. They had a very good win against Scotland in the first game. And everyone went, all right, they've arrived. But since then, they haven't played convincingly. And uh, so, no, no, I, I didn't give them a chance at all. I mean, if you look at the way the All Blacks are playing, and, um, you know, the All Blacks covered the spread very comfortably, and it was a, an easy win um, there. So, yeah, it, very convincing. Um, good luck, England. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Really, good luck. And... and 
Let's hope England can create an upset because, let's face it, we'd much rather play England than the All Blacks in the final. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But uh, Henshaw was the only person to score for Ireland, and that was immediately after he knocked on a try. Uh, So cheers to Robbie Henshaw for uh, redemption, you could say, in in the closing minutes. But you ready for this right here? New Zealand, the scoring sheet. Aaron Smith, two tries. Cody Taylor, George Bridge, Jody Barrett. It's too much. There's just too many for threats. For a quarterfinal... There's uh, too many threats. Uh, well, I'm surprised uh, they didn't put 50 how many? How many tries is that? Six tries? Five tries? I can't even... <laughs> I need my glasses to read the score sheet, Barry. All right, well, that's a lot <laughs> Someone of... Someone hand me my look, glasses. That's a, that's a lot of tries for a quarterfinal. You know, quarterfinal, <laughs> things should be really starting to tighten up. Um, so to concede as many tries as Ireland did, there, that's well and truly beaten. Matt Todd. In a, in a knockout. Yeah. It was, it was good. Um, now, the next night after the... Uh, Barbo's got a nice convincing win against the Highlanders, 47-17. That's the Barbo's. Wales against France, Battle of Euro. And Barry, oh. it was the best quarterfinal of the weekend. Wales was not a heavy favorite, but a favorite. And the French came out storming. Uh, two tries in the first 10 minutes. They were playing the little ping pong game back and forth. Bigger kicks back to Medod. Ping, pong, back and forth. And I swear, France was winning all the possession here. France is just holding on. And then in the 45th minute, Sebastian Viamina. I can't say it right, but my God, how dumb can you be to throw an elbow in a mall in the World Cup quarterfinal when there's 25 cameras on you? To be honest, Barry, we, we saw the replay so many times, you can actually see his eyes scan towards the ref. Realize the ref isn't looking at him in the moment, slams Wainwright in the head and thinks he's going to get away with it. Well, it was straight out of the Bucky's Berta handbook, you know. I mean, that was a standard second row play uh, for a long period of time in this game. And uh, many an elbow got thrown and connected and nothing ever happened to the players. But today the game's completely different. And this guy had a total meltdown, and I'm sad to see that he is actually also retired from the game the very next day, really? straight after the incident. He's Jesus. retired from international rugby. He was one of those first two tries in the first uh, five minutes. Talk about your day starting you know, and, 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 and coming off. Exactly, and you know, and his team had played so well up until that point. And, of course, that was the pivot moment, I have mean, no doubt about it. Uh, France surprised the hell out of all of us. Uh, nobody gave them a chance. I had them losing by nine points plus or something like that. Uh, I had Wales actually comfortably beating them. Yeah. Um, was not the case. In fact, France were in complete control of that test match well, until, until the incident. And, it, and it's, it's so even after the, the last guy, the last guy on the field you want to get a red card is, is one of your locks. Oof. Okay, you just cannot replace that beef and that muscle and that the, the, the work rate that a really fit, strong second row brings to your effort when it really counts. It's it's a it's, it's a critical position uh, in the last twenty minutes of a tough test match. You can't. You can't go without your locks. Uh, they did bring in rugby pick'em favorite Kamisha uh, and his massive neck uh, to spell for Hooker in the second half. That no one works harder at the breakdown for France <laughs> than this backup Hooker. Uh, but it wasn't enough. You know, there was a late try, and Wales went over. In you know, if we we're going to TMO everything and go back in time, it looked well, like it went forward as well. Well, there was a lot of controversy about the try, and it, uh, you know, and, and a lot of people are still pretty undecided about that. Uh, but the results are in. Uh, the results are in. <laughs> Tears in Paris, Barry. It's tough for the French, but you know, it's fine. We'll we'll take Wales. Um, you know, I think we we would 
very very happy with uh, with with either of those teams in the in the semifinals. Well, for any new listeners here, you say who who is we? Barry Herbert is a known Springboks fanatic, and that brings us to our last game, and it was the Springboks against Japan, the Brave Blossoms playing in front of their home crowd, playing in front of our boots-on-the-ground correspondents, Uncle Johnny Warner and Logan Corndog Collins, in what they said was an amazing atmosphere. Yeah. And Barry, I think everybody wanted Japan, but everybody knew that the Springboks were going to win, and that's what ended up happening. Suffocating Springbok defense, and uh, the Japanese hopes went down. Yeah, um... There was a, an enormous amount of pressure on, on South Africa going into that game. And uh, at halftime, I think there was a, a bit of a, a rambling going through. Rassi would have been very nervous. But at the same time, he would also have said, look, we've held firm. We haven't let them in. And they should have probably scored a couple of tries with all the possession they had. And the amount of uh, times they took the ball to the line and the ferocity with which they took the ball to the line and the hand speed and all of that that South Africa had to cope with for long periods of time in the first half. Uh, but they coped very well. And that was the major differences in, in, in the outcome of the test match because Japan threw everything at them early and South Africa were patient and um, ruthless in the second half as they needed to be. And, and well done to the Boca because, geez, they had to, they had to come out and do something there. Uh, another 20 minutes of no score... Uh, and the crowd would really start to believe, and then anything can happen. It was so, 5-3 at halftime. Exactly. So if you play the up the next 20 minutes of the second half, and yeah. we get 20 minutes to go, and maybe there's only been one more penalty in the game, you know that would have been crazy. Awesome. <laughs> exactly. And we saw it last time. So South Africa put the demons of that World Cup loss to Japan uh, in Brighton four years ago. Uh, they put those demons to bed now, and... Um, yeah, we, we, but but really, very, very, uh, very good performance from South Africa. Um, and they, they deserve to be in the semifinals, no doubt. Yeah. Our American correspondents are headed home, uh, but we still do have some boots on the ground. May sneak in a little cheeky call uh, coming up next week. We'll see how the All Blacks do. But Barry, this brings us... Let, let's just actually, let me recap one second for the quarterfinals from... A gambler's perspective. This whole World Cup, I said, it does not pay to pick underdogs, right? Unless there's an insane point spread and you say, okay, maybe Canada is going to have a good run against the All Blacks. But the fact is, the only game that paid out this week, if you're picking underdogs, was France. Yeah. And I continually try and be cheeky and pick an underdog every week, and it's not paying out. And I think in our semifinal games to come, I'm sticking with the favorites. Because they're favorites for a reason. Well, I've got to give a shout out to the money man, Kevin Ferguson, back in South Africa, uh, SA Rugby Mag, who I do follow and is a very smart guy when it comes to understanding betting lines uh, and margins, particularly in rugby. He's, and I've had a particularly good run uh, with with the World Cup. So Until the France game, right? The, the France game was the only... I, had, I got the other three. So what I've been doing, which is, is basically taking the favorite side to cover the spread, so they start with a, a negative handicap, yeah. and I just choose by how much, and I take reasonably conservative positions there, and they've coasted in throughout the pools. So it, there was quite a bit of money to be made in the World Cup if you were not too greedy, and uh, 
yeah, you just backed the winners and <laughs> and then took the handicaps. If we're looking against at upsets against the spread, obviously the Uruguay upset is one. Yeah, Japan was, against was, Ireland and Scotland. Yeah, and France. But to be That's honest, it. you'd stay away from from a Japan uh, from a Uruguay Fiji because you really don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can think you know, but you, you know, they, they, those there were some no go ones where we don't know enough about these teams to really, you know, uh, put put a bet down on them. Let's coast into the semifinals because right. uh, Harpo always wants a short show. England against New Zealand. England is a six and a half point underdog. Eddie Jones, love Eddie for the record. Absolutely love him. He's up to his usual mind games. The pressure's not on us, pressure's on them. That's what he's been saying. I love it. <laughs> he immediately put reporters on the spot, asked them to raise their hand if they yeah. thought England could win when, when everyone was shell-shocked and no one raised their hand. He said, see, everyone <laughs> thinks we're going to lose. But Eddie, Eddie's at it right now. He also claims that uh, England was spied on. Uh, it was probably some drunk Kiwi fan hyping himself up to run onto the training pitch and give Owen Farrell a no-arms tackle. Um, <laughs> but this should be one of the best matches at the Rugby World yeah. Cup so far. I, I'm not even flinching for a second. I'm picking the favorite. No more underdog bullshit. I got the Kiwis to cover whatever spread you want to throw at me right now. I do not care. I think I'm just an England hater, uh, which is ironic because I've actually been watching the Rising Suns YouTube miniseries. And, you know, Barry, oh. these English guys, they're, they're pretty right. nice guys behind the scenes. Right. But I still can't stand them. Right. Well. Kiwis to cover the spread and more. Okay. Uh, see, I, I'm going the other way. I think I think New Zealand are going to win, but I'm going. Um, I, I think it's going to be a one or two. Po- I just basically think it's going to be one or two points to New Zealand, and I actually think the draw is on as well uh, at full time with some extra time here. Hot tips. I really think so. I think it's going to be that close. Um, Eddie Jones is a master tactician. Uh, for those of you who remember the 2007 Springbok team, Eddie Jones was drafted in by then coach Jake White to come in as attack coach he was hugely responsible for how well the Springbok backline played in that world cup and was a, a you know an absolute a massive asset to jake white and we can thank eddie jones for getting us over the line in 2007 he's been there before um he knows that it's going to take something superhuman from his boys so he obviously is taking all the pressure off his guys but uh i still i think he's going to push them all the way this week i really do and and uh we would love the upset, uh, given that South Africa are going to beat Wales. Uh, so, <laughs> but as a betting man, I'm going to say put a few dollars on the draw, and a couple by uh, you know just a, literally a minus half a point for uh, New Zealand. So how would that work? Obviously, they can't draw a semi-final. If it ended tied at 80, you would get paid out, and they'd play extra time. But yeah, it, it depends on who you're with. But yes, and typically, if you bet the draw, then. Yeah, there's extra time that you that we you, pay. You out. hit your bet. Yeah, you okay. hit your bet. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, Which would be white... about a twenty to one payout, by the way. Ooh, okay, you heard the hot tip here. Uh, <laughs> the Red Rose against the All Blacks. It should be a massive game. Pick them. Sadly, our Eagles go 0-4. No big deal. Uh, we played harder. 
We fought, Barry. Can we? Can we? Can we give us that? Um. Potentially the death of a star. I don't know you astrology fans out there, but a supernova may have happened in the form of Johnny Sexton. Good luck, England. Uh, really, <laughs> yeah. good luck. And, and let's hope England can create an upset because, let's face it, we'd much rather play England than the All Blacks in the final. Pressure's not on us, pressure's on them. I think it's going to be one or two points. I just basically think it's going to be one or two points to New Zealand. And I actually think the draw is on as well. We'll get to that, we'll get to that. Glasses to read the score sheet, Barry. Uh, well, that's a lot. Of, Someone look, hand me my look, glasses. That's a, that's a lot of tries for a quarterfinal. You know, quarterfinal. <laughs>